The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. There's got to be a morning after If we can hold on through the night We have a chance to find the sunshine Let's keep on looking for the light. Good morning, Carrie. That's a good song, appropriate. Oh, you've known this song, right? Okay. I've heard this song many times, but I... This, this was the uh, number one song in America the year Joe Biden first was elected to the Senate. Oh, geez. 1972. Okay. And he's been waiting to sing this in the Oval Office for 48 years. Yeah. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity for the good of this nation. This is a very big moment. This is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner. We feel good about where we are. We really do. I'm here to tell you tonight, we believe we're on track to win this election. Can somebody say welcome to Caracas? It's going to take a while. We're going to have to be patient until we uh, the hard work of tallying votes is finished. And it- there we go. Yeah, that was Michael Savage. That was my compliments on Michael Savage. Um, <laughs> I heard. Well, Welcome to Caracas. The, uh, good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. And I'm calling this show today, Carrie, The Morning Afterthoughts. Okay. So full disclosure, this show is being recorded on Friday, uh, November 6th. So who knows what will happen by the time you listen to this. Right. Um, and we don't know. You know, again, the, the, the election is still too close to call. And I'm um, betting we're still not going to know by Saturday morning, Mark. Um, <laughs> you know, well, no, because it's going to go to the courts. But right. certainly um, President Trump has got a, a steep hill to climb, you know, looking at the the numbers right, right. now. But it ain't over till it's over. Um, so, yeah. So we'll talk a, a little bit about just my reflections on the uh, and, and And one of the things that what we it's not the end of the world. You know, if you've listened to this show and if you go back and you can always catch our podcast, girl, I know you're going to let them know how to get the podcast. But we've been saying, you know, we don't put too much emphasis on presidential candidates, campaign promises and or the fact that they even if they win. The power is in the Congress. And, and I'm talking about things like major changes. Right. You Which know, monetary, you know, you know, power of the purse, all that good stuff. So the Senate is still up in the air. And we'll talk a little bit about that, you know, the, the possible outcomes of the Senate. Um, so so right now we're saying, yeah, which we've been saying on this show for months it, it, you know, let's give Joe Biden the win. Um, but that doesn't mean that you need to change your financial plan right now. Well, speak for yourself about giving him the win. Well, <laughs> you know, you, that was your same response when I said this uh, months ago okay, or weeks ago. However, mm-hmm. you know. um, but the idea is, no. Now, if we do have a blue wave and yes, no matter what you've heard, a blue wave as of this hour on this day is still quite possible, meaning that, um, you know, the the uh, the uh, Democrats maintain control of the House, 
which that seems pretty sure. Even though the, Dem- uh, the Democrats lost some seats, mm-hmm. Republicans lost some seats, they obviously Democrats still have control. Uh, we'll see if Nancy Pelosi wins, you know, House Speaker again. She's got a lot of power. She's got a lot of money. I think that's going to happen. But um, but and then if Biden wins the White House, um, but then that leaves the Senate. And, and, you know, the Democrats had to pick up with Biden winning. They had to pick up a three net seats in the Senate. Um, they haven't done that as of this hour. Um, they could do it. You know, we'll talk about the Georgia runoffs here in a little bit later. Um, but the idea is if that happens and the they get the 50, you know, even if they get the 50-50 tie and then Kamala would be the tiebreaker. So and then I do think if they have the House, they have the White House, they have mm. the tiebreaker and they have 50 seats in the Senate, Ouch. then Schumer's going to throw out the filibuster and then all bets are off the table. We're all in trouble. Are we booking those appointments yet, Carrie? I hope not, because I don't want to be in that position. Because I I know, you know, so as much as I'm saying right now, no, you don't have to change your financial plan. You know, in other words, what estimates you are making for taxes or what what projections you are making for health care or or, um, you know, any of, of those things. Um, if we do see the blue wave, um, or estate planning was the third one I was trying to say, Carrie, you know, what plans you were making to passage your assets to your heirs. Um, those are the three biggies, you you know, um, now the, so if we do have the blue wave, we are going to be very busy and very active, you know, saying, okay, now what do you have to do? If that blue waves happens anyway, Scott, you know, and, and Mark, regardless of who's ends up being elected, where we're at, there are still things in every situation, whether it's Trump, Biden, who has control that you can do and you can take control, although it feels like there's a lot in this world right now. You can't about your financial life and there are opportunities left in 2020. There's still time to implement strategies, especially we're looking and we're into our busy time at looking at Roth conversions or IRA distributions, whether it's ca- for cash flow needs, building your cash reserve, and looking at those conversion opportunities. Because with the suspension of minimum required distribution, many people who didn't before have an opportunity. Or if your income changed from previous years, or um, some people didn't get that bonus they were expecting, maybe there's some wiggle room or, or planning strategies and things you can do this year. Remember that regardless, those Trump tax cuts um, are go- good until 2025. So you need to look for things you can do and opportunities. And we're still offering free consultations by phone or in person. We're also looking at underutilized assets um, and things that you have already and how can you make it better? How do you look at things in a different way? And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, you can listen to previous podcasts on Financial Food for Thought or give us a call at 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety. Again, we're doing free consultations by phone or in person. And then I forgot to mention, you're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on fourteen twenty a.m. between nine and ten. We're a financial educational talk program. I kind of did things backwards this morning, and we've been helping people in the Greater Cleveland area now for more than thirty five years through unbiased, objective advice and analysis, and help people know when they can afford to retire, what they can spend, how to or what steps they need to take, whether you're working or retired, to protect your long-term financial stability, how to plan for market volatility, low interest rate, rising health care cost, and how do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible? Because if tax rates go up in the future, and I think they're going to go up regardless of who's elected and you need to be proactive, then you need to do what you can and take the steps necessary. So take advantage of a free consultation. You can call 440-239-2090. Remember, we can do it by phone or in person. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And I know there's um, the elections on the news. We still have COVID. Um, but we have a lot to cover with planning strategy. Mark, I think you're still going to talk about health care today. And people are going to be getting their Medicare B premium notices. And when you get those notices, pay attention. Don't just look at that and throw that in the drawer. If your income is different, don't assume. Um, we have a client that um, they last year missed the opportunity for the deadline. They had the Medicare B premium that was higher. We told them to appeal it because he had stopped working and he had some business income. So make sure it's a timely thing that you, when you get that notification, if your income and you have qualifying 
factors because they're basing your 2021 premiums on your 2019 tax return. So if that's different and you have to, and there are thresholds for that IRMA adjustment or those higher premiums, you know, take action, pay attention to those little things. Right. You're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we are the co-owners of the estate planning team. Estate planning team, we've been helping Cleveland families deal with like Medicare issues mm-hmm. and elections and thresholds, the IRMA thresholds, the famous, you know, income uh, related monthly adjustment. Um, but Carrie, a couple of things that you said is that, you know, yeah, we're into November now and, mm-hmm. we, you know, a lot of our clients are waiting and say, well, have they announced the new IRMA thresholds for for at least for right. next year? You know, so in other words, the tax return, if you're working on year end tax plan, this is all we say, you know, we always say circle November right. 1st on your calendar um, because that is when if you haven't made your final tax maneuvers before year end, you got to get on them. Right mm-hmm. um, now, 10 months of the year is done. Um, the election is done. Maybe the surprises are out of the way. Maybe the election's not done yet. Um, you might have to wait a little bit longer. But the idea is, you you, you know, you've, you're coming up to a deadline. And a lot of times that deadline, carry isn't December 31st. A lot of the custodians, no. like if you're trying to do IRA distributions or Roth conversions or, or things like that, um, a lot or get, getting money out, you know, a lot of a lot of the custodians, you know, give out drop dead dates, what we call right. them. Right. And, you know, that may be, uh, you know, early December or mid-December. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can do, you know, try to implement your Roth conversion on New Year's Eve, right? It might not get done. So we'll start talking about on these shows for the next few weeks, we're going to, you know, shift in and give you some examples of how we've helped clients out with year-end tax planning. Um, and, Carrie, you, you had mentioned, too, the, the idea that... Um, you know, the current, you know, President Trump's, you know, tax, you know, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, the individual tax breaks or tax cuts aren't permanent, right? Um, they expire at the end of 2025, including, by the way, the higher federal state tax exemption, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, those are some of the things. Now, you're right. We we think we have those in place till 2025, but maybe not. if we have a blue wave, we might not. That's the point. Um, you know, so if if Trump ends up winning this election through the courts, okay, um, then you know, chances are, you know, but it depends also with the House and Senate. I mean, there's the House just... is done, Carrie. Right. I mean, it's the Senate. Yeah. If but if if Mitch McConnell can keep the Senate, then you know, chances are, you know, those that Tax Cuts and Jobs Act will remain in place at least until. You know, the the midterm elections in two years. Right. So as soon as this, uh, you know, they announce, you know, officially who won the presidency and who won the Senate, you know, the talk is immediately going to shift to the midterms in two years. Right. Um, And so get ready. Oh, great. You mean we won't get a break from election talk, Mark? (laughs) Do we? Does it ever stop? Oh, I wish sure wish it would. But, you know. I think now more than ever, you know, people think it's... I think this is a nice, peaceful song. This is a peaceful song. But as far as effort and planning and taking the time to look at these issues gives you a much better result. And you kind of don't know what you don't know. And even that's why we have affordable, we have hourly options. Because we have people coming in now that they have a good handle on their budget and pieces and parts. Um, and now they're looking at those IRA distribution planning or just want a little bit of help, which we can do the hourly option or people who want going through price tags, time frame, defining your desired retirement lifestyle, realistic retirement dates. You know, and even while you're working, I see too many people coming in and they, which is great that the company offers a Roth 401k plan. And I'm glad that more companies are doing that. But when they had the traditional 401k and the Roth 401k came along the options right. options instead of doing um they just automatically switched a hundred percent of their traditional to the Roth and I see it time and time again where usually it's some amount they don't realize that you know it doesn't have to be an all or nothing which is true in a lot of ways of planning Roth conversions aren't all or nothing there's right. never absolutes you don't go buy annuities and put a hundred percent because you're worried about the market right. it's usually how much over what and so or some combination maybe you want to do 50 50 maybe you're under um you want to do enough to get you under one of those tax thresholds right so carrie let's slow down a little bit right okay so what you're referring to is and 
yeah, is, is the is the individual out there who finds out that all of a sudden their qualified plan through their employer offers now a Roth option as opposed to the traditional option. So now they have a choice. They could put their contributions into the traditional and get the tax deduction, or they can choose to put their contributions into the Roth option. They don't get a tax deduction now, but it goes into the tax-free wrapper, right? So when people, sometimes they, they like you say, they, 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 they get excited about the Roth and they switch 100% of their contributions over to Roth. Uh, because and it's like, well, have you really analyzed that? Have we looked at because how much did that increase your taxes? And like you're saying, what if that increased your taxes to a threshold that you didn't want to go through? Because you just thought, hey, what is great that you're building this tax free pot of money. Um, but in this case, I was thinking of this person I met with a couple of weeks ago. He's 60. He switched all of it. And actually, because. He's actually in a lower in his circumstances because he hadn't been saving. Now his kids are grown. He had weddings um, by switching it. Um, he's deferring where a lot of people defer their taxes, assuming, you know, they want to lower their current tax liability for him. His tax liability when he retires is a lot lower. Yes. So it's opposite. They like he really should be deferring using right. the traditional because of the cumulative benefit and we're basing it on current tax laws it doesn't make sense and that's why it's you know planning is an individual decision it's not what someone else is doing because you may have the same cumulative assets you may be the same age but different kinds of assets are taxed differently and and a lot of times people's goals and other dynamics are different do you know the history of this song no no you don't no so it's from a movie okay okay Called the Poseidon Adventure. Have you ever heard of the Poseidon no. Adventure? Okay. Um, see, you know, I, I think you know. Uh, again, so Maureen McGovern is singing mm-hmm. the song. She made it a number one hit. The song was written for the Poseidon Adventure. It was about a ship that capsizes. Okay. Okay. It's a great movie. You know, it came out in 1972. I think a lot of you know Trump supporters wish Joe Biden was on the Poseidon. But, but, <laughs> but the, don't go that far because no, you always know bad things. Just on kidding. <laughs> the, the, um, it wasn't a real story. The Poseidon Adventure. You know. Um, I was gonna say Poseidon should have given you a clue. So. The interesting thing about the song was, so the song was written um, for the movie, right? It was a love theme in a the movie. So there was a scene in the movie where the, you know, the cruise ship, uh, you know, the cruise ship lady or the, you know, band right. Right, was singing on the cruise ship. Okay. So there, so the writers of the movie were, you know, writing a scene for that. And so they needed a song for her to okay. sing. Okay. Okay. So they they found a couple of songwriters. They gave them one night to come Dang. up with the song. Those okay. are some talented songwriters. Okay, so they didn't even have, uh, you know, the working title of the song was Why Must There Be a Morning After? Okay. Okay, but then the record label thought that was too negative. I was going to say, that's a little dark. So they, <laughs> they changed the lyric to There's Got to Be a Morning After. See, I like that better. It's more positive, okay. saying there's, there's always, yeah. But it was so up in the air, even in the credits of the movie. It won Best Song, by the way, the Academy Award. Okay. You know, for the Best Original Song for the movies, right? So um, Way to go, songwriters. I, I know, <laughs> right. And, and then Maureen McGovern records it. And it becomes the number one hit in America after the movie went out, right? So, um, but the uh, but even in the the titles of the movie at the end, they just referred to it as the song from the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> oh, come on! So they didn't even have the, the the working title. So, so I'm calling this show the Morning Afterthoughts. So, what do we learn from this election, Carrie? Other than, you know, well, one thing we might have learned. Tom Keen on, on, you know, the great morning host on Bloomberg News summed it up pretty well. His point is he just thinks right now America is unpullable. Yes. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm trying, I'm thinking I'm agreeing. Is anyone going to believe a poll again in any future presidential election? No. I don't um, know that I believe that polls that much anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, so, you know, also, the, so so I kind of agree with that. Um, another, you know, one of his guests, you know, also said to what you know, they asked him, well, what do you take from this, you know, election and and you know, the fact that the 
it's a almost could he get a vote any closer, Carrie? You mm-hmm. know, you know, in front and uh, you know, all turnout the greatest you know voting right. ever, right? So it's not like people sat home. Um, people got out and voted. A lot of absentee votes, you know, still being counted. Um, but you know, the, the one ex, you know, you know, talking heads, he he summed up pretty well. He said, "Well, what I learned was that." The two parties in this country have not made any progress on being able to go across the aisle and get votes. And I think that's true. I, you know, I, I, I remember we, we kind of always said on the show, didn't everybody have their mind made up a year ago, two years ago? <laughs> you know, whether they were going to vote Republican or Democrat, whether they were going to vote, you know, Trump or whoever was running in the, for the Democratic Party. So I think that's true. In other words, I don't think either party is doing has any success in trying to pull voters or independents or, or whatever, or not independents, voters from the other side to their side. And when are they going to learn how to do that? Because if they don't ever learn how to do that, I don't see this, you know, this trend changing. You know, where it's just that, you know, I, I'm people have blinders on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of the things, too, I guess we learned from this election that you can win the president election by staying in the basement. Isn't that amazing? I, I don't know. It's just a sad state of affairs. Um, OK. The um, <laughs> Do you trust anything? Do you trust the media? Do you trust? I mean, I don't know that I trust any media. I don't know that I trust any politician anymore. Yeah. Well, I don't believe it. Yeah. I mean, as far as what they say, I I don't know. That's why I've tried to not turn on as little as I can, like TVs or. Yeah. But but it also, you know, the the, the reason why, you know, I was saying it was going to be very difficult or it will be very difficult for Trump to win this election where some of the other predictors, right, Right. or some of the other history. Right. Remember, I told him it would be it would be historical. Right. You know, so so if we look at those. So what, you know. What didn't he do, right? Or but, are you going to talk about the bakery in Pennsylvania? What every election since nineteen eighty? The pink and blue cookies, or whatever the red or and blue? the right Biden the and Trump cookies. Yeah, more people bought record number of Trump cookies versus. I guess that didn't hold up. This that time, didn't right? hold up, and there was a few other ones like that. Well, what were some of the ones I was mentioning on this show <laughs> earlier? It wasn't mentioned. The Not the cookie one. No, I heard about the cookie one, but no more the one that. Um, this would have been, you know, if Trump would have won, and maybe he still wins. As of the taping of this show, it's still questionable. And I don't think by the listening of this show um, it'll be. But, you know, the, uh, you know, he would have been the fourth consecutive uh, president to win back-to-back elections. You know, Clinton did it, Bush did it, and Obama did it, and Trump would have been the fourth. But that would have been historic. It's never happened four times in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, America likes to change things up. As a matter of fact, when Obama did it to win the third in a row, that the last time that was done, I think, was back in the 1800s, Gary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for Trump to do it four times in a row, that would have been historic. Um, the other one was, you know, again, people, most people thought that, you know, uh, even if Trump won the electoral, he wasn't going to win the popular, right? And I think that's holding up, right? Okay. So that's how Trump won in 2016. You know, he he won the electoral when he lost the popular. There's That's never happened um, in the country before where uh, back-to-back wins happened that way, where back-to-back presidents, you know, incumbents won the second term again by winning the electoral and losing the popular, right? Um, and as a matter of fact, it, it rarely happens. As a matter of fact, even happening once, it, it didn't happen in the 19th century, Gary, or the 20th century. Right. It didn't happen in the 1900s. It happened a few times in the 1800s, and then George Bush did it in 2000 you know, won the electoral without winning the popular. But, it, you know, so that would have been historic. Right. Okay. Um, how about the uh, the stock market? Well, one thing that the stock we've learned about this uh, afterthoughts, morning afterthoughts of the election, the stock market loves gridlock. Yeah. I, I don't think you well, Mark, what do you say to our clients all the time? You cannot time the market. Right. And the market, some of the predictors that used to be for the market kind of don't work anymore. Well, yeah, but but it was was, I found it fascinating that, you know, you you saw this wild volatility leading up to the last couple of weeks before the election. And it seemed like every time the stock market was going up, everyone in the country was saying the same thing. They were saying the reason why the stock market was going up was because their guy was going to win. 
Meaning, so everyone who was going to vote for Biden said the reason the market's going up is because the market's baking in a Biden win and a blue wave. Everyone who was going to vote for Trump and saw the market going up at the, in that in those few days leading up to elections said the market's going up because people now believe Trump's going to win. So who was right, Carrie? Neither. No market likes gridlock. Okay, you know I think when the market was realizing that it was there wasn't going to be necessarily a blue wave, or that you know it didn't matter. It, it just the idea that if we have if we kind of know that there's not going to be major changes that we have to worry about, that leaves a certain amount of certainty. And then, you know, especially if we, if, you know, the market knows that, uh, you know, the federal reserve threw a, a warm blanket of protection around stocks. In other words, and, 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 you know, cause Jerome Powell is saying, yeah, we're going to keep interest rates low and, you know, we're going to do everything we can. And we're still, you know, want, you know, Congress to do more stimulus. So you still, you know, so, you know, and, and I think there will be more stimulus. Now, I think, uh, well, there think? will be, but it won't be at the $3 trillion level. Right. It depends, Carrie. It depends on whether we get a blue wave right. or not. So if we don't get the blue wave, yes, I do believe there'll be a lame duck stimulus passed before the end of the year. I would hope they should have done it before. Um, if we get the blue wave, you may get two stimulus packages, a lame duck one and possibly a $3 trillion one in February. So tax rates you don't think um, will go up? Yeah. That, Are you yeah. going to talk about gro- job growth was stronger than expected? I, I, yeah. Unemployment rates let me just, down? Let me just finish okay. up the stock. So one of the predictors that we had talked about was, a lot, you know, people say, well, how the stock market does in the three months leading up to the election determines who wins for the incumbent. In other words, if the incumbent, if, if, if the incumbent is rerunning and the stock market is good in the, in the three months running up, there's a strong possibility that he'll be reelected as opposed to if the incumbent has a negative market in the three months running up to the election, he won't. OK, so a lot of people were watching that. Right. Um, so it's interesting. So you, the July. Let's look at the S&P 500. This is how close this was. That's why I don't know if this predictor did it work or not. So um, the S&P 500 closed in July at three thousand two seventy one twelve. Okay, so I started watching, you know, I said, well, you know, what was it at October 28th? Okay, because remember, if you remember, August was up, September was down. And so it was going to be your mind, you know, of October, but it's not necessarily which month it's it's that rolling. Right. right? So on October 28th, okay, um, it was completely flat. The market was the S&P 500 was right back to 3,271. Hmm, it's going to get iffy here. Right. right? On October 29th. Okay, leading up to the election, the market went up. The S and P went up. Was up one point one nine percent. Hmm, looking good for Trump, right? right. On October thirtieth, right? Okay, the last day of October, it reversed, and the market was down point. The S and P five hundred was right. down. Closed at three thousand two sixty nine ninety six. Or was down point oh four percent. Point oh four negative, right. Gary. Uh oh, that's bad for Trump. So if you if you cut, cut it off at the end of right. October, the, the the theory held, right? Because but the, those are right correlational studies, now, which but, don't. Mm. But if you if you interpreted that, well, no, it's leading up because there's still one more market day before the election, November second. November second. And at the end of November, then the S&P closed November 2nd at 3,310, up 1.2% okay. from July. So Trump should win. That's how, that's how we should predict the All right. So win. have I talked enough about that one? Oh, geez. Um, now, okay. So, um, so those are some of my afterthoughts of the election. You know, the, the idea being that, um, you, know, uh, you know, it's not surprising to me um, that would have, you know, and, and Trump may still win. Who knows what the courts are going to do? I don't think America is going to be too happy. I don't think America is going to be happy no matter what happens, because this is chaos. Honestly, well, who's going to be happy? I, I, see, I don't know if it's going to be chaos, Carrie. I really don't think it's going to be chaos. Um, regardless of who's elected, I don't think it's going to nobody's going to be happy. Well, it's either going to be one side because I don't think I've ever seen things so divisive well, as they are well, now. Carrie, who's happy in the year of the Rona? I mean, no one's smiling under their mask, Carrie. I don't know, Mark. I, there's a lot still to be thankful and smile about. Um, I don't know. I mean, the dark well, winter's just, coming, Carrie. Um, oh, look at it. It's a beautiful weekend. It's I, November. It is actually beautiful. I mean, it's 
Can we ask little, for better little, weather little for Indian November? Summer. Why can't guys say Indian summer anymore? Kid? I think you can. Um, okay. Summer of color. Well, you know what? And we need to... Well, yeah. <laughs> we need to not forget next week is Veterans Day, there you the go. Marine Corps birthday. So there's still things to celebrate and be thankful for. Carry military pride. That's right. And I cannot forget every time, November 10th, the Marine Corps birthday, 1775, right. the Marine Corps came alive. Chuck, does they ever talk about the Marine Day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. To your boys? Yep. Yeah. My daughter, yeah. And your daughter, right. Um, all right. So... So what else? Yeah. So you mentioned the the economic news and we had some. Well, just just I just have to go. What happened in Arizona, Carrie? I mean, we don't know, Mark. Don't even. I mean, mean, who knows? Did Arizona just go up in smoke? I mean, what I mean, first of all, you know, did they call Arizona way too early? I I mean, I mean, I remember I was watching election night and it's like. All of a sudden, Arizona went blue. And I'm like, there's like 25%. I don't know how much of the vote was in. It's like, how are they calling Arizona already? No, no other states around that part of the country were called yet, right? Right. So That's early. what I was going to say. It made no sense. Um, now, you know, again, you know, um, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that they were wrong. You know, the Fox called early. I- I'm just saying I don't think, you know, uh, Arn in Michigan is going to be invited to the White House Thanksgiving dinner, Gary. I mean, uh, no. I-, I don't think Trump was too happy with Trump uh, with right. Fox's call on that. Um, I mean, was it just a John McCain backlash? I, I don't know. You know There's and, so many you know, speculate. I don't think we're all going to know. It's just Gary, you don't think it had any correlation to the fact that, you know. Arizona passed the recreational marijuana and maybe some vote counters were maybe part of, not yeah. paying attention because, you, know, you know, you know, all the you know, the real green economy had a very good election. I carry um, Arizona, New Jersey, South Dakota. Um, who was the other one? Montana. All, all voted easily the recreational marijuana. Oh, my gosh. And then you had Oregon. Oregon went, even- Oregon went to decriminalizing cocaine, heroin and meth. Yeah, you know, and, and and the and the uh, the psilocybin, or how oh do you my, pronounce it, Carrie? I don't know. Is it psilocybin or I don't psilocybin? know? I it's don't called do the magic mushrooms, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So they. Oh, good lord! Yeah, so they passed the magic mushroom. I law. swear, what's wrong with people? Um, so anyway, so that's where so we you know that's the new green economy, Carrie. You know, is not necessarily the green new deal, but you know the real green economy. All right. Um, so some of those that's some of the reflections on. Um, you know, going that. But the, the big thing right now is Georgia, right? And the Senate. All right. Well, Carrie, there there is one other possibility that still is available for Trump, Carrie, right? That's the two sixty nine electoral tie. Right? Mm-hmm. That's still yeah, a possibility. I... So I've heard some people say, Well, what's that all about? So it could end up where, you know, Biden and Trump both get two hundred and sixty nine electoral votes. Just short of 270 that so do you we need all to just win. get to vote again? Well, <laughs> no. So let's clarify what okay. happens then, because it is a, it's a, I'm not saying it's a likely possibility, but it is a possibility. So let's get the law. Let's get the, the okay. So basically, if, if that's the case, we have a 269 tie. Okay. Then the presidency falls to the House of Representatives. They get to choose the president. And the Senate gets to choose the vice president. Okay, now, so how does it happen in the House to pick the president? Well, basically, uh, the members of each state's electoral college gather in their, you know, respective states, um, you know, and, and well, th- you know, this is the way it's supposed to happen. Here. You know, they, it's always the, the they have to call it on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December. Okay, um, so that falls this year on December 14th. All right. So the House would have to get the state's vote as units. You know, so all the House members from one state come together and vote like their own mini state, basically. And then each delegation gets one vote. OK, uh, and then whoever, you know, if 26 state delegations wins. Right. right. OK. Um, so currently, as you know, the Democrats hold the majority of the House. Right. Okay, but when you break it down into these state, le- you know, delegations, actually the Republicans control it. Okay, um, and you know, with the Republicans picking up some seats in the elect on election night in the House, that may bode well for uh, Trump. Okay, um, now how about the Senate? 
Well, the Senate members vote, you know, they vote the vice president, right? Um, so the members vote individually for the next VP. And then, uh, you know, the, and obviously right now the Republicans still hold the majority. Um, and then, you know, they would obviously probably Mike Pence would be keep his job as vice president. So that's still out there. But the question, the big question of the day and the weekend and the week and is the Georgia Senate race. Um, yeah. Who okay. knows? Um, and this is where, um, you know, it, and this is what I'm saying is still could possibly lead to a blue wave. And if we get the blue wave, things are going to change. Maybe not, because there's a lot of military votes, they say, coming in in Georgia. And military typically. Yeah, but if it does, it, well, you'd have, you'd have to more than Georgia, Gary. Arizona would oh, have I to know. be. I I'm just saying, who knows? Flipped or, or Nevada's going to have Maybe. to be flipped. And I then think... you got Pennsylvania, too, Gary, which is. Which I, I don't you know. know. You know, leaning towards Biden. So it, it's going to be tough for Trump. Right. It's a possibility, but it's going to be tough. Well, I was going to say that regardless, though. Take control of your plan. That's what we do with the estate planning team. And we're offering free consultations to look at opportunities or what things you can take control and do about your financial life. And if you need a little bit or a lot of help, um, regardless, we're, we can provide that objective, unbiased um, analysis, and we base all our re- recommendations on detailed analysis and projections. And you can take advantage of a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person to see if you can benefit. And we have affordable hourly and comprehensive affordable retainer fees as well. And you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Donnelly, Carrie Waddell. Carrie, let me just finish up on Georgia because it's important. Because if you're worried about a blue wave or you're looking for forward to a blue wave, Georgia matters. Now, the issue with Georgia is that they have a weird, you know, Senate race going on because in Georgia to win a Senate race, you not only have to win, you have to have more than 50 percent of the votes. If you if you even if you win, but don't have 50 percent of the votes, it goes to a runoff. OK, and the runoff is scheduled for January 5th. The other unusual thing happening in the year of the Rona for Georgia is that because of a quirk, there are two Senate seats up. That's because the one incumbent, you know, Republican senator retired during the year. So they had to they had to have a process to put someone into his seat. That doesn't happen all the time. So that's why there's two seats. Oh, you know, there's two you know, on the ballot this time. Now, so you have David Perdue, who was, you know, the Republican versus John Ossoff, the Democratic challenger. Now, Purdue has been winning and up until the last 48 hours had more than 50 percent of the vote. The, he slid under the 50 percent of the vote. So they're still counting Georgia votes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you said, is that where the military votes are coming in yeah. for Georgia? Right. So, you know, if you now so now the other one, it's definitely a runoff because that's the that's the right. one that got retired. So we know that that's Kelly Loeffler against Raphael Warnock. So Kelly is the Republican Start staunch conservative. You know, that's how she got, you know. Um, and then uh, Raphael, um, he's a preacher, Carrie, from the Ebenezer Baptist Church. You know, that's, of course, the church where uh, Martin Luther King was once a pastor. Okay? Um, so that's definitely going to a runoff. And if David Perdue can't get the 50% vote, that's going to a runoff. All right. So right now, as of this hour, I think this, the, the count is, you know, in the Senate, 48 Democrat, 48 Republicans. OK, so there's also North Carolina still in play and Alaska still in play. But both of those has, you know, a, a GOP leading. So so, you know, if we give North Carolina and Alaska to the Republicans, that takes them to carry 50. OK. Okay, so that's not, you know, so now we're back to the Georgia. And if there's two runoffs, if the Democrats pick up, you know, uh, both those, okay, Mm -hmm. then it's 50-50. And if Biden wins a White House, Democrats have control with the tiebreaker Kamala. All right. Um, If, you know, if if Republicans lose North Carolina or Alaska and then split Georgia, it's an issue. You know, you can see the point. So and they say, Carrie, that runoff. Mm-hmm. is going to probably be a billion-dollar 
How much money off. do we waste on these political a campaigns? A billion right. dollars, Carrie. Do you know how much good a billion dollars could do to you people know, who need it? A billion dollar Georgia runoff. That's state. why I still believe in term limits, and at some point we should just wipe out the politicians and start all over. No uh, one should be able throw to throw them all there. out. I agree and start right. from scratch. So, Carrie, this is so what is the Purdue camp saying? So their comment about this is, if overtime is required when all the votes have been counted, we're ready and we will win. What is the Ossoff camp saying? Georgians are going to send John to the Senate to defend their health care and put the interests of working families and small businesses ahead of corporate lobbyists. Who do you think has the better message, Gary? We'll see. I, I, I don't know. All right. So have I totally depressed you, Carrie? You, yes. Or, 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 um... Yeah, nothing I can do about it. Say my prayers. I did my job and voted. What else can I do? So so, anyways, let's get back to the good news, Carrie, with the uh, jobs report, right? Yeah. So jobs report came in uh, good. You know, 638,000 non-farm payrolls beating consensus. Consensus was about 580,000 to 600,000. So a strong beat. Um, the big, you know, eyebrow raiser was the unemployment rate, Carrie, um, dropping a full percentage point from last month's, right. you know, 7.9 to 6.9, right? Um, you know, and again, beating estimates. That's the consensus thought it would maybe drop to 7.6, you know, so now does anyone believe that the unemployment rate's under 7%? Um, well, it depends on, you know, which group of people you're looking at. Um, labor force participation, you know, went up about three tenths of a percent. So that was good. How about the weekly jobless claims? Um, you know, again, cause a lot of people, you know, remember the jobs reports a month old, Carrie, by the time you get it right, the weekly jobless claims is more current. Um, so that was positive, Carrie. Um, so that, so the, 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 uh, seasonal adjusted, um, well, no, that was slightly. Well, it, I think it was better than the pre. Well, no, it, was, it, 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 it. I guess it didn't quite beat forecast. So, it came in at seven hundred fifty-one thousand, and uh, they were looking uh, for seven hundred thirty-two thousand. So it came a little bit negative there. Um, so it, you know they're saying basically, you know, that's that difference. You know, so you know is the is the job recovery starting to slow down or stall out? You know, is the V-shaped recovery stalling out, you know, and that's where we're back to the Rona, Carrie, right? You know, mm-hmm. in other words, um, are we, you know, the statistics of the new cases is off the, you know, charts, right? Um, right. But also, I wish they would report how many people recover and are fine. And yeah. they, you know, they don't publish that either, because I don't think it's a virus. When It's not going to disappear on its own. It just doesn't work like that. So we'll see. Um We'll see what happens there. But, you know, so, you know, relatively good news. And, of course, the um, as we said, you know, the stock market seems to be, you know, only one way up. And, and again, a lot of people are saying what's going on there and nobody knows the answer. Um, all right. So, yeah, so it is Medicare enrollment. Right, Gary. Um, and. One of the things that, you know, we've been talking about is, um, you know, the idea of, well, we get a lot of questions about, you know, when do I have to sign up for Medicare and and things like that. And so, you know, we've been talking on this podcast, you know, and it was we kind of taken a break because of the election headlines. But if you go back and listen to a few shows ago and maybe, you know, we'll kind of pick up or you can always come in for a free consultation. But um you know, just kind of the ABCs of Medicare, you know, Medicare A, Medicare B, Medicare C, uh, Medicare D. Um, and and one of the things is, you know, the cost, right? Um, and I said, you know, well, when we first started working with the baby boomers, um, you, you know, we realized when, when they were coming in, when, when we were filling out where they were filling out their uh, questionnaire that we give our, our new clients – when we got to the you know section where it said what are you budgeting or what are your plans for health care and retirement, they would leave it blank. Mm-hmm. And so when we would meet with them, we would say, okay, well let's you know, Mr. Smith, let's talk about this. You left this blank, 
you know, so what, you know, do you have questions? You know, they're like, well, I'm just going to go on Medicare. It's free, isn't it? Now, hopefully most people today, now that the baby boomers have been re- retiring for 10, you know, 10 years, that they realize that it's not free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there is a cost of health care in retirement, and it may be shockingly a lot higher than what you may be, you know, they, they, if you're still working right now and covered by an employer plan, what they're deducting from your uh, pay stub. Don't compare that. You don't think that that's going to be the same when you, you know, retire and go on Medicare, right? Because um, it may be a lot higher. And so we talked about that. And, and you know, and so we had to start showing, you know, and, and we really, you know, we had to start projecting that out for these clients and saying, no, I mean, you understand that you need to budget a lot of money in retirement. And mm-hmm. if you're booking, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're already baking in the Hawaii trips and you don't have a good, accurate budget for healthcare, mm-hmm. you may be, you know, you may be coming up short on your longevity. Right. And, and so we had to start showing them the bad news. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, and so we would do that by saying, okay, first of all, you know, you, you, if you're doing this at home, you've got to break, you know, you and your spouse, if you're married, might not always be on the same plan. Okay. You, you, you might not be turning 65 at the same, you know, year. Um, you might not choose the same type of Medicare supplemental plan. You may each have maybe some, uh, retiree benefit from your respective employers. Right. Okay. Um, So you can't just say what, you know, what husband's cost is, is the same as what wife's cost is going to be. Right. Okay. It doesn't always work that way. So when we build a plan for our clients, we put them side by side and, and, and schedule those in. Right. Also, you might want to use a, a little bit higher inflation rate on the future healthcare costs than you're using for the grocery bill. Right. Okay. Um, so, you know, and, and, and because it's, it's historically medical expenses have gone up higher than other types of inflation. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, so how do you budget for that? Well, you know, if you look at like for, for this year, okay, the Medicare B premium starts at 144.60 a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's about $1,735 a year. Okay. Now it's, we're in November. We'll soon be getting what the Medicare B costs are for next year. And we do expect them to go up, but again, there's not a whole lot of inflation going on. So it should not go up, you know, too much. Now also remember that your Medicare B costs are progressively weighted to your income. Mm-hmm. That's what you were talking about. Right. The IRMA adjustments carry earlier. Right. And, um, you know, so the more income you have, the more Medicare B premiums you pay, right? Okay. Um, you also say, well, what does a, and let's say you're planning on getting a Medicare supplemental plan. Okay. And you're saying, all right, you know, how much should I, Mark, should I be budgeting for that? Well, the cost is all over the board, mm-hmm. right? You know, those Medicare supplemental plans are not mandatory, but, you know, again, Medicare is only going to cover 80% of your medical. So, you know, if you're 20% out of pocket of a major medical in retirement, that could derail you. Right. Right. So we recommend, and most of our clients do have some type of, you know, supplemental Supplemental. plan. Okay. So those vary in cost, by the way, that's what I was saying. You know, so on the low side, it may be 200, you know, on the high side, it could be 400. That's each, by the way. Right, but they also have Medicare no-cost plans. Which is the Medicare Advantage. Right. right? So now Medicare Advantage, or sometimes, you know, Medicare C, as in CAT, takes you out of traditional Medicare, okay? And now you're in a Medicare Advantage plan that covers the 100%. So if you're on a Medicare Advantage, you don't go pick up a a supplemental Medicare policy. That's against the law, by the way. Um, If someone to sell you, if you're on Medicare Advantage, if anyone tries to sell you a Medicare supplemental, you know, that's a no-no. But, uh, you know, and, and you still pay Medicare B premiums. Right. And typically most Medicare Advantages... Uh, Medicare Advantage plan will put you on the Medicare D, the government's right. prescription drug plan. It's not mandatory if you if you're not on Medicare Advantage, you can you can also pick up Medicare D. Right. And there's a premium for that. It's about what thirty thirty five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Also progressively weighted to your income, just like Medicare B. But the idea is, if you're in a Medicare Advantage, chances are they're going to put you on Medicare D. Um, now again, 
Medicare B premiums and Medicare D premiums if you're in that plan. Um, if you're collecting Social Security, it comes directly out of your Social right. Security check. If you're not collecting Social Security yet, you're being billed, you know, Quarterly, by Medicare. Right. right. So, 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 you know, so we, so if you want to typically, you know, build in, let's, you know, first of all, if you're saying, care, well, how much does it cost for Medicare? Let's say you want a Medicare supplemental plan. So I'm going to use 275 a month, Carrie. Okay. Right? Um, so I'm looking at a client here. So basically, I'm looking in front of me, and if you come in for consultation, we can show you these numbers. Where you know we've got John and Mary. Now, right now, they're in a very subsidized plan. Their annual medical medical insurance costs are about 1,700 a year. Okay. okay. But you know the idea is they want you know John is going to be turning 65. Okay. But Mary's not. She's a few years younger. So John wants to walk out because he can go on Medicare at 65. Right. A lot of people plan their retirement date to say, as soon as I'm Medicare eligible, you know, which I know you're shaking your head, Carrie. Well, because I think you should be, because I think that. that's something that people do because then they think about the health care cost or they stay at a job they hate or maybe they want to do more spending, but that's for right. another show. So now I'm, I'm going to cut here because we're running out of time. So what we do is we run this out. We project it out. I'm going to use 5% inflation. Okay. You know, they're, you know, so they're, they're right now they're, you know, and then she went out and she got a budget for the Obamacare. It was going to be about 800 a month for the coverage she wanted until she's 65. So we got that and we're adding 5% inflation. So we're taking the, you know, the 144.60 Benneker B premium with 5% inflation, the $275 supplemental with inflation and her $800 a month Obamacare uh, subsidy or, or Obamacare unsubsidized. Right. Plan, right. They wanted me to run their plan to ninety three ninety. Okay. Okay. The total budget for healthcare six hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, almost six hundred and seventy six thousand. Now that is a shocker. Mm-hmm. That's a five percent inflation. By the way, if you some people say, Mark, I think five's too low. I said, Really? You want me to show you six at six hundred at six percent inflation? That same uh, scenario. Eight hundred and three thousand. Okay. Now you say, well, Mark, oh, I, I'm reading the, but I'm reading those um, fidelity studies that says I only need two hundred fifty thousand. Okay, you know, I always talk about right. those, right? Or two, you know, two fifty, two eighty, something like that. So how do they get there? They're assuming you're in perfect health and nothing happens. Well, no, <laughs> that just covers you for physicals well, and office visits and screening. Assumes nothing bad happens. The main thing I think they're getting <laughs> is they're saying they're not expecting you to go out and get a, sub, a, Mer- a Medicare supplemental. Right. They're expecting you maybe to go on Medicare Advantage, and they're making the assumption that Medicare Advantage will be free forever. Well, and Medicare Advantage has its own issues. If you have a lot of health issues, it may not make sense. You have to weigh. Do you have chronic right. health issues? How often you see the doctor? Right. Your medications, all of that needs to be right. and so then, taken into an account. Right. So that's why we always get the question, well, Mark, well, why is, you know, why do people, why people, why would they get a Medicare supplemental if they can get Medicare Advantage? Well, one, let's say you, 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 let's say you're a snowbird and you have houses in two different states. Your Medicare Advantage might not, not be, you know, transitionable to different states. The other one, we we know statistically is why most people drop their Medicare Advantage plan. Carry is because of ill health when they realize right. that all of a sudden their out of pocket costs skyrocket with ill health. So then they try to go back and get the supplemental. Right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation, 440-239-2090, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.